0: This is Start Disrupting, a show about the innovator, scientist and designer disrupting industries and creating 10x impact. I'm your host, Brett Malone, president and CEO of the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. Today on the show is Linda Drake from Microsoft Federal. She works with the National Security Group, but she's also part of T2C, Technology Transfer Consultants, where she's recently launched a new venture to help small startups, uh, researchers in universities, and existing technology companies connect to federal dollars. She is a dyed-in-the-wool hokey. She is a Virginia Tech double major in finance and marketing, and she also has an MBA from George Mason. So we're excited about the show today. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship. We talk about connecting to federal dollars, federal funding opportunities, and the way things have really been changing as a result of COVID. So Linda, welcome.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to see you, Brett.
0: Linda, you and I met uh, last summer. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing first off with T2C. Sure. And uh, anxious to kind of get into the whole experience and the opportunity here.
1: Thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was great to meet you last summer when we were just kind of really launching our idea. Um, a couple of partners and I, during a COVID furlough period with different companies, um, got together and saw, you know, let's put our heads together and think of something that would be innovative that would help a problem that we saw while we were working together that we didn't have time to fix. And that particular problem had to do with matching technology gaps with our national security and DOD customers and academia they call out for academia they give us percentages we want 30% to be non-traditional innovative businesses academia right. phd's we know our brain trust is in this country in our r1 and our r2 our, our universities and so they're encouraging us to include them in a proposal but unless you knew a particular professor with a particular research interest you were you'd miss the opportunity to bid
0: Right. And so, this is this is actually how we got to meet because, yep. you know, we have 227 technology companies. Most of them are small. They have a lot of the right kind of credentials to check boxes for inclusion as teaming partners on opportunities. And so when we got together, really, there wasn't a product or a solution. We were, frankly, just trying to make the matchmaking one-off, you know, so right. it was very ad hoc one-off matchmaking, which I assume happens across most of this sector. And so what you're doing is really helping organize uh, the small companies and the researchers on campus to be able to find these teaming opportunities.
1: That's exactly right. And I've talked to several of your tenants there at the Corporate Research Center and who are brilliant and have unbelievable uh, capabilities. Mm -hmm. And so our tool, we call it the Machinator, that's the name of the tool, can be applied to um, technology gaps for uh, contractors looking for individuals, mm-hmm. but it is also very important to look for small businesses. You get the byproduct of a small business credit, which are which is very important to the government to make mm-hmm. sure they have the set aside small business funding going out. So yeah, our, our, uh, our plan here is to launch this product for the PhD organi- uh, as a PhD organization universities as well as to um, many of the affiliated uh, campus co-located incubators and kind of like I look at your organization helping out with
0: well it's a big help because most of our tenants are people who are looking for funding you know they they know traditional routes like the SBIR program and BAAs that come out where maybe they prime but my guess is you know and certainly you've been doing this for quite some time in the beltway so you really understand uh, the, the national, the federal contracting scene. And, and as it relates to being a big company, looking for partners, and also understanding all the different types of money that are available from the government. Would, mm-hmm. Am I going out on a limb to say most small companies down here would be surprised at what kind of funding is available <laughs> based on what you're familiar with?
1: You're absolutely not on a limb at all. In fact, uh, just several years ago, um, the government, uh, I, I want to say, dusted off an old acquisition um, a vehicle called an Other Transaction Authority. And it's particularly for the this this exact case. And this is what my partners and I uh, came up with the idea to to investigate. Um, OTAs, other transaction authorities, universities can be members for free. Individual companies, large and small, mid-size, whatever, pay an annual fee, but then they have access to uh, billions of dollars that are directed towards R&D challenges. And um, there's nothing to say a small business. In fact, they're designed for small businesses to go after in its entirety. You know, these they're they're uh, they deliverables. They're, they're development work. It's not kind of a sustainment piece. It's it's really going out there. And uh, looking at what and in fact I was looking at this month's Virginia Tech newsletter uh, talking about a recent um, uh, award of 1.5 million dollars from DoD that the National Security Agency awarded for cybersecurity stuff. It's that kind of funding just but it's not kind of in a haystack. Our goal is to connect uh, real opportunities real time with real people and real innovative companies.
0: Right. Is, is your experience also that most of the smaller companies, don't realize the benefits they have as different certifications. So, you know, we're here in the hub zone, for example. Yes, yes. Uh, we're Opportunity Zone. We also have several veteran owned businesses. What advice do you have for the small companies thinking about looking for these OTAs, partnering? How should they present themselves and how should they think about all of these credentials and certifications?
1: Right, so kind of like start out by figuring out who you are, what your demographic is. Are you just small? There, there are a whole series of different uh, classifications of small business. The government is required to invest in certain percentages across the spectrum of the small businesses portfolio. So it it's important to know what you qualify for, to apply for it, to make sure. And you can go to SBA, it's all public information. In fact, this little business we started, we didn't use anybody. You know, We did it all ourselves, we registered ourselves, we trademarked ourselves, we, we did it all ourselves and you save thousands of dollars and it, it's just, you know it, it's good to learn as well. So you go to SBA and you, and you put your application in, they work with you, it's a very close, close um, working organization, wonderful business organization, a small business administration. And once you've identified that, you're going to be opening up other opportunities. If you truly are looking to go after government contract work, you're going to need to do some additional registrations, um, additional um, effort as far as putting things out there to be discovered. There are certain organizations that will help you learn um, and, and then you need to kind of put that on your website, make sure you, you bring it front and center because we sometimes are on the hunt for small and own business credit. So right. um, once you understand the credentials that you have as a small business, you can begin to identify things. You can also begin to shape things. So you can, if you, if you know there's a fit between what you're doing and what a customer needs, you can raise your hand and say, Hey, it's, it's a lot to learn though. Like, and there's no like one little package. Um, You kind of, you learn it as you go and you build on it. Uh, Meanwhile, you're small. So you're running the business, you're paying the bills.
0: Well, that's right.
1: You're doing it all. So uh, you've got to be mindful of that.
0: Yeah. I was, I was surprised early on when I started into SBIRs, you know, people don't realize that that contract gives you an opportunity downstream to add money sole source, you know, once you're selected, even going into a phase two, you know, you, you can become sole source and add more money to that type of contract. And so it becomes a vehicle mechanism that's very competitive. And, and I've had a firsthand experience with a DARPA contract that was mm-hmm. plussed up several times and quite a bit more money than even what's available on a phase two was added to that contract. So mm-hmm. You know, once even once you have a contract, being creative about how to work with your sponsoring agency to add more money to it. Right. Uh, those are little tricks internally that you you know no one teaches you. The work that you're doing is really helping bridge that gap.
1: We hope so. I mean, our again, our goal is to to create something that's going to make something that's not currently discoverable. So, when a small business uh, puts their profile in, in within our tool, we're, we're calling it SB Link, Small Business Link. Mm-hmm. And when they register on you know the web page, they're going to be putting in the NAICS codes, the codes of expertise in which they can be identified with. But we want more than that. We if they have a lab, if they have other information, if they have mm-hmm. Um, affiliations, um, individual scientists or engineers that have unique qualities they'd like to bring out. And then kind of like almost a free flowing um, keyword section so that if there's a very unique, like we don't want to say, okay, who's, who does artificial intelligence or who does uh, sensor mm-hmm. collection? Because you're going to get, you know, a thousand hits. We want the needle in the haystack of needles. And so that's where the real innovative piece of the tool is geared towards is to allow an organization to protect their IPs. Nothing about that, but it's it's keyword expertise that we can correlate to the technology gaps that the primes or that the government is looking for directly. One of our government potential. we've got a government champion too. And he's a chief scientist in the government. He's pointed us to the academies, which which you know them too. NIH is is a mm-hmm. is a great funding source. So your dot gov.mil edu, your com, your dot any, you know, you've got there'll be different ways to get into the portal and different right, ways you'll participate. Mm-hmm. But the whole end game is to connect those professors. With the, at the on the drill field, with the you know generals in the battlefield to connect those small businesses in your campus, with our large integrators looking for the, that unique um, innovative solution, and also to connect each other. So Brett, it's yeah. like your small businesses can connect each other and make a stronger team and they can make a joint venture and do something together.
0: Yeah, that's that's really refreshing because you know like most people, I have been frustrated on FedBizOps to where, you know, something gets, <laughs> a solicitation goes out and, you know, it's either already been wired and, you know, it, it feels like it's, it's really not helping. You know, there's information out there, but it always feels like there's a lag time. It sounds like you're trying to get in uh, on the front end of the opportunity so it can be cultivated and people have a fighting chance.
1: Once there's an opportunity released and you know what your gap is, you're going to be able to pull your iPhone or your Android out. Press the machinator button. Our goal is to make sure that you're connected with the right PhD um, community, and we're focusing on R1 and R2 universities. R1 is Virginia Tech, and um, yeah, we're we're hoping those connections will bridge that gap.
0: Yeah, and it's it's relevant too. So it's relevant research. It's not just people chasing interesting dollars. That you know, it sounds like we're going to be able to dial this in specifically to the kinds of the strengths that our companies have and our technology research. Uh, roadmap allows us to to follow.
1: I absolutely agree. Yes.
0: So I'm going to shift gears, Linda. You are an entrepreneur by doing this, <laughs> and so you're a you're a hokey entrepreneur. You're serving young startups, or you're serving the young technology companies and the researchers. How has the journey been for? Uh, first of all, I should ask: Is this your first startup company?
1: No, no, okay. it's not. So yeah, so um, I'm I'm a Pamplin educated Virginia Hokie, okay. and I have an MBA from George Mason. So um, back in the olden days when I got my degree, they didn't really have innovation courses they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, I mean, such brilliant ways that the business acumen that you have interest in can help. Um, connect dots, you know, those business people tend to be um, much more dot connector and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we can keep the needle moving um, right. with communication and with, with Marcom and with the right kind of messaging. So I've always had that um, that interest uh, to work in sales and, and all that kind of stuff. One of my first jobs out of college was a startup, um, a company called payroll one, which turned into prime pain is um, one. It's a it's one of the largest uh, software development, payroll back office uh, companies out there today. So I, I was the first, you know, you show up with your chair and a pen. We didn't have cell phones. I mean, it was like nothing. You showed up, you know, just with mm-hmm. what's on your back. So I showed up with what was on my back and stayed there 15 years. And it was just great to see us grow to this large organization and learn along the way. Um, it, it's just to know all facets of a business is just right. really exciting Um, And, and you feel, you just really feel powerful so that you can make an impact on each part of the business um, from finance to sales, to operations, to technology, all that kind of stuff. And I left there um, to to really pivot to government contracting. I left there after 2001 and started with a small government contracting firm that was looking to break into the Intel community from scratch. And so Mm -hmm. that's what we did. And it was very successful, but it was a a, a very small company, 15 people, and um, built it to over 100. And I I ended up leaving there, but um, that company's been sold now. (laughs) And so I've always been drawn towards... um, those kinds of businesses. So I, at the end of that engagement, I started my, my own consulting practice, working with small businesses in the government contacting community to help them learn how to build a pipeline
0: mm-hmm. and
1: what opportunities were available to them and, you know, kind of show them the ropes as an, as, and you know, I had a several, several clients. Um, one of, one of which I ended up working for full time, they got bought by Raytheon. Then I just became one of the big guys. So mm-hmm. I started working the, um, the large SI, uh, um, all the way. Th- now, now I'm a hybrid. It's half commercial, half government. I'm Microsoft Federal, but we're, you know, we're we're half and half. But but my group is um, very. We're trailblazing as a federal. We're brand new, mm-hmm. uh, about a year old. So um, we're trailblazing as as a new thing. So it's kind of always been um, of interest to me. Small businesses are. Are are great to work with. They're passionate about what they do, and um, they make a difference. They really do um, bring huge value and, and innovation into a, a very uh, a community that I would call desperate. Really needs it. And if you read anything about DoD, if you think if you hear anything about what's going on with the Pentagon and their talks and the intel community. Um, they're calling out right now for bringing in that brain trust, the U S brain trust to help us be a, a safer nation. So um, there's all kinds of initiatives um, around the beltway here, working on that and, you know, whatever we can, small role we can play. We're, we're trying hard to figure out a way to help move, move that forward as well.
0: Well, yeah. And, you know, um, we think about innovation and we think about the hard science technology and, you know, at the, at the end of the day, innovation is about really, reducing friction, removing barriers and, and doing things in a better way. And, you know, what, what you're doing really helps streamline the process and brings a lot more opportunities to companies that, frankly, would never even know they existed. And that awareness is, is what changes the game for so many people. And, you know, connectivity, that's really where the innovation is, your ability to understand who's got the best research, their technology, how do you connect them with the opportunities that are willing to fund them?
1: Exactly. And um, we did a lot of market research. Again, background um, business, you know, you you make sure um, you're not just, you know, imagining something that there's there's a there there. And so we did a a lot of research and we interviewed uh, many PhDs and many professors. Um, We interviewed you as well and from different organizations, from different universities. And uh, we kind of came up with the same thing each time is, um, once you're tenured, you you kind of have a little bit of a pattern, a routine. There's there's a rhythm there. But the some of the newer professors have more of a difficult time finding a, a pipeline of of research and to retain mm-hmm. your status, your R1 status, R2 status, you have to have a certain amount of funding. There's metrics that you're. Measured on, and so it's almost like you have to be a little business development um, angle to you to find this to find this funding. And if it's not finding you, you got to figure out a way to do it. And so we really want to help, want to be a tool uh, to our, our PhD and our professor community to um, to shortcut that. And so they don't have to like dig around, go ask, you know, wait for something to fall in their lap. And we're, we really want to help them spend less time doing that and more time thinking.
0: Well, and and COVID has changed the landscape of how people work, but also COVID, I think, will drive more of a fragmentation, you know, technology, smaller companies, there's going to be more teaming and, you know, obviously work from home, but some of the big companies that are going to try to do everything themselves, there's there's more of a tendency to outsource, do what you do really well, keep your team small and partner where it makes sense. Am I right in predicting that or starting to see that? We're seeing that here. Uh, are those the kind of trends that you're seeing in in your circles?
1: Absolutely. There's no going back the old way. Yeah. We are hybrid at best, and we can demand that now because we, both industry and the government and the military, so much of what we can do can be done um, in a more efficient way yeah. and, and a safer way, and so we we will not um, we will not go back to the way it was with a way to be what the new what the new you know normal is. I think will evolve, and and now that we know we're resilient you know, through pandemic, you know, you learn stuff like, oh boy, I can do new things. So I can do new, new things all the time. So yeah. what the new normal is next year may not be the following year. And what it, each of us can design and tailor the best way in which we can be the most most effective.
0: Yeah. You know, we talk a lot um, and you know this better than anyone because you're, you know Blacksburg so well, but you know, Northern Virginia as well. And, you know, this accessibility of Blacksburg and, you know, from our perspective, the pandemic has brought down the barrier of access to Blacksburg, because now, you know, if you're virtual, if you're on a virtual team, doesn't matter where you are, quality of life, obviously, in Blacksburg is favorable, and people (laughs) love it here. And you can build diverse teams, you can have technology, you can have technical folks here in Blacksburg, you can have more program, customer facing oriented folks in Northern Virginia. And we see that dynamic playing out. Uh, and it sounds like what you're doing just further reinforces that and creates opportunity for companies to be able to be wherever they need to be, but also close to the customer.
1: I agree with that. Uh, but you all are coming. Hokies are coming up to Northern Virginia we sure are. Innovation Center. <laughs> and in yeah. fact, you know, I just want to do a call out, um, call out to, to Cal Ribbons, who um, was also a help for us. He, I met him in person in 2019 as they were kicking off oh, this yeah. innovation drive up here. He's the one that connected me to Kirk. Kirk Cameron, who connected me to James Harder, who was on that call with you, right? who's like, just let me know what I can do. So, so working that little network again, kind of just working the, the angle there, um, with connections tech. But that ties me back into we're going to have thousands of Hokies here in Alexandria. That's right. And so excited about that. Um, this, th- these kinds of things, these kinds of connecting tools can help that as well. Like, what are we doing up here? What do we do? Where- it doesn't matter where we are. And, uh, we can always be together as long as we can find each other and we don't have to run into each other anymore. Yeah. We can actually find, use tools. So, you know, finding ways so that you, people can, so small companies can be found, um, is an intended outcome of what we're trying to do here at TTC.
0: Excellent. Well, um, Linda, it's fantastic. We, are, uh, we, we do hope we can count on you for the calendar for our Game Changer event. It'll be uh, late August, and we're having a, a essentially a technology celebration down here in our region. And we're putting tracks together that cover everything from entrepreneurship, technology, access to funding, and uh, we sure hope you can be part of that as well. I think it's a great opportunity to meet more of our companies here in the CRC and uh, help them stay connected.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to that.
0: Yeah. As we wrap this up, what, uh, what final advice would you have for some of our younger entrepreneurs, our investigators, uh, based on you, you know your experience in working in this field? What kind of advice do you have sort of as we close this up?
1: Um, I would say plan well. Mm-hmm. So make sure you know, that you're solid about what it is that you're doing and driving. I would say persistence is the number one thing. No. Do not, not give up. If you do not give up, it will happen. I promise you that. I've worked long enough to know that that, that is an outcome if you do not give up and you've got something good and you are persistent. Um, I would say, um, get advice from people. Use your network, get help, ask for help. People love to help people. So figure out where your holes are and your, and your gaps and, your, and where you need help and then find those people and use your network to, to do that. So don't, you know, don't hesitate to ask for help, be persistent, uh, be confident in what you're doing and uh, success follows that.
0: Linda, thank you so much. It's great to have a fellow Hokie on, a fellow Hokie (laughs) entrepreneur, uh, a fellow Hokie who's in the, in the Northern Virginia area, starting to fill even more so. And we're excited about what's going on in Alexandria and, and that should only bring more opportunity for you. You bet. And that's it for this episode. Subscribe to Start Disrupting wherever you get your podcasts. We have a new disruptor on our show every two weeks, and you're not going to want to miss it. Check out vtcrc.com for the latest on our research park and over 225 companies that call us home. Until next time, always change the game.